Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another show today. And on today's episode of the show, we're going to be talking about the Iowa men's basketball team and how they can secure a coveted double bye in the Big Ten tournament. It is not out of the realm of possibilities, but they need some help along the way. We're also going to be talking about the Iowa women's basketball team. They took on Maryland last night. It was a disappointing loss for the women at Carver. So we're going to be talking about that, what went wrong, what went right, and what they need to improve on going forward. And finally, the Iowa Hawkeyes landed a recruit in the class of 2023. We'll briefly touch on that. We'll give you more details on that later on. But first, I want to thank you all for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. And today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So let's get into it. Sorry about hair in my mouth. Um, let's get into it. The men's basketball team has had a nice run the last couple of games. Since losing to Penn State in double overtime, they've reeled off three nice wins. Slow starts, but great finishes, and they've easily won those three games. The question now is, is this team trending up? Have they figured it out? Or is it just a product of the bad teams they have played, right? No one's sitting there saying, wow, you crushed Nebraska. Great job. Great job, Fran. Great job, Iowa Hawkeyes. But there are some really nice takeaways from those games. Defensively, when they needed to, they locked down, especially against Maryland. I thought they locked down very, very nicely. Offensively, they're starting to figure out their groove. They made that lineup change before that Minnesota game. Jordan Bohannon has looked really good in that in the minutes. Joe Toussaint has looked great coming off the bench. We've seen Keegan Murray reach an even another level of play that we were not expecting for Keegan Murray. And it's just overall very impressive what Iowa has done the last three games. So coming up, they have a very important stretch for them. They have Michigan at Ohio State and versus Michigan State, all in the span of five days. They then get at Nebraska versus Northwestern at Michigan at Illinois. Right now, Iowa is 7-6 and six in the Big Ten Conference, and they are projected to go 4-3 and three the remaining seven games, which would put them at 11-9 and nine in a Big Ten Conference play. That's good enough to get in the NCAA tournament. At that point, you're looking at probably a single buy in the Big Ten tournament, right? A sixth seed or maybe a seventh seed. But I want to talk to you about how does Iowa get a double buy? First and foremost, they need to win, right? Especially against Ohio State. I think Ohio State's a huge opportunity. Michigan, Michigan State, they really can only afford to lose to Illinois if they want to be a top four team in the Big Ten. So quickly, though, let's go through the rankings in the Big Ten. You have Illinois at number one in Big Ten conference play. You have Purdue at two, Wisconsin at three. Let's go through the records actually quickly. 11, Illinois 11 and three, Purdue 11 and four, Wisconsin 10 and four, Michigan State 9 and four, Ohio State 8 and four, Rutgers 9 and five. Kind of shocked there, eh? Iowa 7 and six, Michigan 7 and six, and Indiana 7 and seven. Theoretically, all those teams have an opportunity to secure a double bye. The double buy is really important. Um, first and foremost, 
you get the time to rest, right? That is the biggest thing. If you are either playing the playing game or you're in the single buy, you have a game back to back to back. And it's tough to do that in the Big Ten. It's tough to do that in any conference, but especially going up against maybe a nine or a 10 seed in that first game, then turning right around and playing in Illinois or Purdue or Wisconsin or Michigan State is never an easy thing to do. And you're doing it with 24 hours of rest. So it makes it that much more difficult to turn things around for any basketball team. So getting a double bye gives you two days rest in that tournament. It then gives you a team that either has played either back-to-back games or a game yesterday within 24 hours, giving Iowa an easy road to getting to the championship game or at least the semifinals and then the championship game because the double bye gets you automatically into the quarterfinals. That also helps out Iowa's tournament resume. Everything that Iowa is doing right now plays into Iowa playing in the tournament. At this point, I think it's safe to say Iowa should be in the NCAA tournament as long as they don't have a complete collapse in the next seven games. But where are they going to be seated at in the NCAA tournament? That also is important as well. As we talked about with Trey Dems, maybe you're a seven seed and you ended up playing a two seed in the second round. That two seed is really dependent on the matchups for if you can advance past that time. You get a six seed. Now you're looking at a little bit easier of a matchup. You're not getting one of those top eight teams in the country. So that's really where it becomes incredibly important in that round of 32. A one is probably playing an eight. A two is playing a seven. A three is playing a six. Right? And obviously there's opportunities for upsets along the way. But once you get into NTLA tournament time, that's also really important. So everything I was doing now, yes, the record matters for NCAA tournament. It also matters for the, the, the Big Ten tournament. And the Big Ten tournament matters for the NCAA tournament. So it's all cascading on top of each other to get Iowa into a good position to go far. And as we talked about with Trey Dems, he feels like this is a team that could actually make a run, given the right matchups. And that is a very key thing. As we saw last year with Iowa versus Oregon, it was the perfectly imperfect matchup for Iowa. Oregon, small, quick, and could shoot, and they got hot in that game. Iowa banged up, not as athletic couldn't shoot the ball as well that day, and they fell in the second round. A disappointing exit for the Iowa basketball team, given how much high hopes we had going into that season. One of the best teams Fran McCaffrey has had, if not the best team Fran McCaffrey has had in his entire career at with the Iowa Hawkeyes and across college basketball. Coming up, we're going to talk more about the actual teams and what needs to happen for Iowa to make a run. So we're going to be talking about that here in a few short moments. But first, I want to remind you that BetOnline.net has you covered throughout basketball season. I know football is over, but basketball is full steam ahead. We got pro and we got college hoops every single night, and you can make all of your bets at BetOnline.net. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right down to Olympic coverage and information as well. I told you last week I placed a bet on Sean White to win the gold. It was an unfortunate ending for the greatest snowboarder in Olympic history. However, I placed that bet at BetOnline.net because I trust BetOnline.net with all my betting needs. So head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline.net, it's where the game starts. All right, y'all, 
And I want to say thank you again for making the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Lockdown Hawkeyes. So let's get into it. We talked about why it's important to go into the Big Ten tournament and having a double bye, why it's so coveted amongst these teams. Let's talk about how Iowa can actually get there. So there's projections coming out each and every day, statistical projections. The models say Iowa has the best chance of finishing seventh in the conference. There is a 10% chance, though, they get fourth. They're basically out of contention for first and second, and I'll explain why here in a second. So, again, we talked about the Big Ten conference standings, and when you look at it, excuse me, sorry, I, have a, I don't know why I have a hair in my mouth, but when you look at the conference standings, again, Illinois, Purdue, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Ohio State, Rutgers, and Iowa. Illinois has a very nice schedule. They are projected to go 5-1, and one, which would put them at 16-4, and four. Um, which would give them either the conference title or a share of the conference title, depending on how Purdue finishes out. They have at Rutgers, at Michigan State versus Ohio State, at Michigan versus Penn State versus Iowa. So not the easiest schedule by any means, right? We've seen what teams have done at Rutgers. At Michigan State is not easy. Versus Ohio State, Ohio State's a solid basketball team, and they get Iowa. So it's not a done deal here, but you expect them to probably win those games. They've had some injury problems, but they're getting healthier. Purdue. Projected to go 5-0. and At Northwestern versus Rutgers, at Michigan State, at Wisconsin versus Indiana. You expect them to probably go 4-1 at the very bare minimum there. Wisconsin, um, and the tough part about these top three teams is Iowa lost to Purdue twice. Iowa lost to Wisconsin once. So you really need Iowa to get a game ahead of them to be able to break in that tiebreaker situation. But Wisconsin has at Indiana versus Michigan at Minnesota, at Rutgers versus Purdue and versus Nebraska. They're projected to go three and four down the stretch, or they could go three and four down the stretch. They're projected to go four and two in that stretch. We'll put them at 16 and six. So, again, we talked about what to expect for this Wisconsin team. Um, I would expect Illinois, Purdue, and Wisconsin. They're in a good spot to really get uh, those top three seeds. So, really, to me, it's up to those last four seeds. And it is not going to be easy. Michigan State has a very tough schedule. That's the four seed right now. They are currently nine and four, and Iowa plays them once. So there's an opportunity there for Iowa to get that tiebreaker, give them a loss, and then you look at their schedule, and you have to feel pretty good about Michigan State's schedule. At Penn State, not an easy game. We've seen that to this point. Versus Illinois, could be a loss. At Iowa, could be a loss. Versus Purdue, could be a loss. At Michigan, could be a loss. At Ohio State, the only game I look there and I say this definitely, without a doubt, should be a win is versus Maryland at the end of the season. All right, so you look at that, and that is one, two, three, four, five, six losses. That would put Michigan, say, at a 10 and 10 record at the end of the season. They have a very difficult stretch down here coming up in the next couple of games. Very, very difficult. Ohio State, pretty easy. First Minnesota. Versus Iowa, versus Indiana. They got three home games. At Illinois, at Maryland, versus Nebraska, versus Michigan State, versus Michigan. They're currently 8-4. and four. They're projected to go 7-1 and one in the remaining eight games. However, maybe they drop a few games, right? Versus Iowa is not a gimme by any means. Indiana is not a gimme. Indiana has been solid throughout the season. At Illinois, tough. Versus Michigan State, versus Michigan. Michigan was projected to be a top-10 team coming into the season. So... If they can go 4-4, four four, that will really help out Iowa in this situation. 
Rutgers is nine and five, a little bit unexpected, but they're projected to go one and five in the remaining six games to finish out at ten and ten. If Illinois at home, at Purdue, at Michigan, Wisconsin at home, at Indiana, Penn State at home. Not they've been really good at home for for Rutgers, but on the road not as much. So an opportunity there as well. So really, when you're looking at this, Ohio State is the biggest competitor for that four seed for Iowa. Iowa now seven and six. They're projected to go four and three in the remaining seven games. First Michigan. Projected to be a win. At Ohio State, projected to be a loss. First Michigan State, a win. At Nebraska, a win. First Northwestern, a win. At Michigan, at Illinois, both losses. So that puts them at 11 and 9. Now we just talked about Ohio State. If they go 7 and 1, they'll be 15 and 5. Iowa's not going to get into the tournament that way or get into the Big Ten tournament as a four seed. But I think it's very realistic to see Ohio State go 4 and 4. Iowa needs to beat Ohio State. So these next three games are really crucial for Iowa's ability to get to that number four seed. You beat Michigan, you beat Ohio State on the road in a shocking upset, and you beat Michigan State, you get Nebraska. That's four games. Iowa is now 11-6. and six. Ohio State has five losses at this point. Now you're just hoping for a loss to an Illinois or a loss to a Michigan State or a Michigan. And Iowa is in the driver's seat over Ohio State. So that's how that game becomes even more important. Now, what if Iowa loses to Ohio State? Well, basically, you have to kind of win out at that point to have a one-game advantage over Ohio State. If Ohio State goes 4-4, four and four, they're put at that 12-8 and eight spot. If Iowa loses to Ohio State, but they win the rest of their games, they're still sitting at 13-7, and seven, which is going to be better than that 12-8 and eight record. So Iowa basically, if they want any wiggle room, right, to lose any other games on the stretch, they need to beat Ohio State on Saturday. That would allow them to potentially have two losses over the next seven games and still make a number four seed. But again, you look at Michigan State, you need to beat Michigan State. Michigan's right on their tails as well. You need to beat Michigan. Maybe you lose at Michigan, right? I think that's that's okay. You lose at Illinois. So maybe you drop those last two games, but you win your next five games. Iowa should be the number four seed. Michigan is currently sitting right behind Iowa at seven and six. Again, they have two games left for Iowa that projects to go three and four, which would put them at 10 and 10. If Iowa beats them, we're fine there, right? So Rutgers projected to go one and five, finishing at 10 and 10. Michigan, seven and six, projected to go three and four, finishing at 10 and 10. Michigan State projected to go three and four, finishing at 12 and eight, but maybe they lose a game, all right? If Iowa beats Michigan State, Michigan State's 12 and eight. Iowa's going to get over them if Iowa's 12-8 as well. Ohio State is really the key here. You need Ohio State to go 4-4. Four four. You are basically, the rest of the season, root against Ohio State. You want to root against Michigan State and Rutgers. Honestly, at this point, Illinois, Purdue, Wisconsin, who the heck cares at this point? They're going to be in. We want to root against those other teams for Iowa to get an opportunity. As these games happen, as things pop up, we'll make sure to cover all that right here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Coming up, we're going to be talking about this women's basketball team and the disappointing loss they suffered last night versus Maryland. Not a lot of fun in that game. So we're going to be talking about all that here in a few short moments. But first, this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com, and I wanted to remind you of that because with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers to access the rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, so save some time and save some money 
riftlockauto.com. I went to rockauto.com to get two engine air filters. It took me less than five minutes. I saved $50 and they were delivered directly to my door. I didn't have to go to a brick and mortar store. I didn't have to wait while the person behind the counter chooses whatever parts they feel like are the best. And I got to have a big selection while I use rockauto.com's remarkably easy to navigate website. So if you need some parts or something for your car, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, y'all, we talked about the men's basketball team. It's now time to talk about the Iowa women's basketball team. Before we get to that, though, I wanted to quickly make sure you knew that the Iowa football team did land a top recruit for them, six foot four, 260-pound defensive end Chase Brackney, the class of 2023. Same high school as Alex Padilla and Cherry Creek, so I'm going to try to get out there and watch him play football this upcoming fall, um, but not ranked currently by 24-7 sports. However, that does not mean he is not a good player. More than likely, when the new rankings come out, he'll probably be a three-star or high three-star type player, or he has offers from USC, Nebraska, and Colorado. So his recruiting process is certainly picking up as we speak. And again, as, as more information comes out, as we can get a chance to look at some of the tape, we'll be breaking that down right here in the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, and we'll be dropping a one-minute teaser video on our YouTube channel as well that you can quickly watch to get a highlight or an update on what Chase Brackney brings to the Iowa Hawkeyes. The fourth commit in this class of 2023, though, um, I expect there to be a few more over the next couple of months. Let's get into Iowa women's basketball, though. Last night, taking on Maryland, and it was a game that they absolutely needed to win. With Indiana losing to Nebraska, which was unexpected but very exciting, Iowa had an opportunity to really control their own destiny going forward to win the Big Ten Conference title. They failed. Point blank, they failed at doing that. Kudos to Maryland. I thought they had a phenomenal game plan. They did a good job of hitting shots when they needed to, shooting 45% from three, with several of those threes coming when Iowa was making a run, a 7-0 run, a 10-0 run. Maryland knocked on a three and built that lead up again. Just a really kind of gross game, though, for this women's basketball team. They, they, they did technically commit the same amount of turnovers as Maryland 19-19, but really – Iowa's turnovers were sloppy, right? It, I I cannot I cannot tell you how many times I counted them. I think it might have been eight or nine. Entry level entry any and sorry entry feeds to the post where our post players would drop it or our guard who was cutting to the basket would drop it and go out of bounds. Probably eight or nine times. Those things have got to get cleaned up. Rebounding was atrocious. Iowa got out rebounded forty seven to thirty one, and it wasn't like Maryland was just towering over Iowa. Iowa was in good position. They just couldn't get the basket. They couldn't get the basketball. A great example of, of just how ridiculous some of these things were, there was a, uh, a ball that bounced off the rim late in the game. Caitlin Clark and Monica Shinano went towards the ball, bounced off Monica's hands, went out of bounds. I mean, you can't. It, this was going on throughout the game. So, a very infuriating game to watch nonetheless. And I thought the officiating was very interesting as well. Basically a WWE match, Caitlin Clark was having no, was having tons of problems, sorry, excuse me, getting into the lane, uh, getting shoved, pushed. Uh, one of the plays, she got tripped, got the basketball, and then went down and drained a three, no call. One of the later turnovers that kind of sealed the deal, she got ran over. 
I just I don't understand uh, what the officials were exactly watching in this game. And it wasn't just on and against Iowa. There were several of these things against Maryland too, but it was just such a weird game to watch. They get Iowa dropping a game they absolutely had to have. And with Maryland having star guard Ashley Owusu out, this was a prime opportunity for the Hawks to get a signature win, which they have not gotten this entire year. They have no signature wins on the resume. It didn't help that McKenna Warnock is still not in this game. Expected her to probably be back, but turns out she was not. But now Iowa has two games versus Indiana coming up. Those are very crucial games. They're going to need some help in addition to those games to be able to win a Big Ten title. But we'll see how that all plays out. One of the more interesting things I thought from this game, though, was how how Maryland was guarding Caitlin Clark. Now, the way Maryland guarded Caitlin Clark is not going to be reminiscent of how other teams can guard Caitlin Clark because Maryland has tall, long, lean defenders who can guard quick guards. So they had a six foot three lady on Caitlin Clark. They were guarding her five feet outside of the three-point line, really not giving Caitlin Clark any opportunity to shoot threes. And with their ability, their size, their length, they're able to close out on some of the three-point shots. So really impacting Caitlin Clark a little bit there. Um, and honestly, Caitlin Clark just didn't have the, a great night. Things just were not falling for her at all. There were several times where balls would go in the basket and bounce out, it seemed like. Three or four rim outs on three-point shots. Caitlin Clark finished with, uh, with 19 points on 7 of 25 shooting, 3 of 13 from 3, uh, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal, 10 turnovers. I would argue those 10 turnovers, 5 of them or 6 of them, were bad ent- or were just dropped balls into the post. So don't look too much into that. Um, but just a disappointing game all around for the Iowa Hawkeye women's squad. No one else could really get going. Monica had 16 points but was struggling with foul trouble throughout the game. Did finish on 16 points of 7 of 10 shooting but did ultimately foul out. Kate Martin was in foul trouble as well with four fouls but finished with 10 points. We got some decent minutes from Allison O'Brady, I thought, who was a true freshman. Eight points in this game, six rebounds, two steals uh, in 13 minutes of play. I would love to see a little bit more of Allison O'Grady. Really was impressed by what we saw from her. Um, interesting enough, Kylie Firebach, uh, a big-time transfer from Iowa State this past season, uh, only getting five minutes in this game. So really interesting to see kind of how her minutes have slipped a little bit, the rotation kind of switching up for her um, in, in this Iowa Hawkeyes lineup. Um, obviously not the best game, though, for the women's team. They needed that win. They did not get that win. And now it's time to turn their attention to Indiana, where they have an opportunity to get a signature win and put themselves back into the contention to possibly win a Big Ten conference or regular season conference title coming up on tomorrow's show at david diani coach david diani of the iowa iowa women's soccer team is joining us on the show so you definitely got to check out that episode really enjoyed talking to him the youtube show will drop tonight at 5 p.m and the podcast will drop tomorrow morning so be on the lookout for that and i want to remind you if you want more locked on content and you want to know how to bet on any games today check out the locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling of paramount sports they do a great job of breaking down three to four games every single day, so you can put some money in your pocket by going to betaline.net. That does do it for our show today. Have a fantastic Tuesday, y'all, and as always, Hawkeye Nation, let's go Hawks.